Well, hi there. Good morning. The carpro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Streaming live as we speak on the WORD Facebook page, if that is your cup of tea. Um, I haven't been paying that much attention to this whole bump stock thing simply because I didn't own one. I wasn't looking to own one. Um, I, I, I thought the whole thing was silly. But at the same time, it's important simply because the ATF has to be brought to heel. So now it's up in front of the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court. You know, when you hear that, the first thing you think is you'd be like, Wow, the wisdom that must, it must emanate from them in waves. Let me explain to you what the bump stock is. What the bump stock does is it's using inertia and momentum. You have to pull on the front of the weapon away from you. You have to pull on the back of the weapon towards yourself. That way, that constant pressure going opposite of each other, this helps the bump stock work. When you pull the trigger, it recoils and pushes your finger off of the trigger, the little ledge on the bump stock. And then as you pull it back out, then your finger hits the trigger again. This is enhanced semi-automatic fire. If you have a 30-round magazine, it takes 30 pulls of the trigger to expend 30 rounds. Now, some people can shoot a semi-automatic weapon so fast. I mean, with a handgun, I'm nearly as fast. But with an AR, I mean, you can shoot it so fast it seems like it is faster than bump stock rate of fire. And that's just with training. You can also do bump stock firing with nothing. You just stick your finger in the trigger guard and just pull it, right? Just pull on the weapon and leave your finger stuck there in the trigger guard. It is not, it's not controllable. <laughs> it's a silly way to send rounds downrange. Um, but, you know, this helps with uh, your dexterity on the trigger. This is a modifier. Enter Katanji Brown Jackson and Elena Kagan, two, uh, two Supreme Court justices that were appointed by Democrats, and they were repeatedly insisting that bump stock fire equipped guns can fire up to 800 rounds in a second. <laughs> now, first of all, Elena, Katanji. We have a common term for this. This is called an explosion. If 800 rounds went off in front of you in one second, the gun blows up, you lose both arms and most of your chest cavity. You're standing there with a blank look on your eyes right before you die. 800 rounds in a second. There's no such thing as an 800-round magazine. If they did, it would be so big and so heavy, you couldn't pick it up off the ground. But this is what they've been told. Kagan called it a torrent of burrits. <laughs> now, here, here's the history of this. Right up till the Mandalay Bay shooting, where that guy got out there and he shot 58, killed 58 people. Uh, supposedly, he had 23 ARs fitted with, uh, with bump stocks in his room, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. If, you know, you, you don't need... 23 of those things, unless you're just not planning on reloading them. But every now and again, even with a bump stock, you got to change the magazine. And uh, 
Jackson was under the impression and believes and says and states uh, that the uh, one pull of the trigger is all the bump stock needs. But that's not the way it actually works out. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, I've seen people on the text line. Yeah, people use rubber bands to do this, too. So, automatic weapon, every round in the magazine until you let it go with one pull of the trigger. Semi-automatic gun, whether it has a modifier or not, 30 rounds, 30 pulls of the trigger. And yet, and, and this, is, this is the scary point about this for me. What are these guys doing judging whether or not this falls under the Second Amendment when they don't know what they're talking about mechanically? Guns are mechanical, dumb machines. They do what they are in what the input is to do. With a semi-automatic weapon, you have to input, pull the trigger each and every time a round is going downrange. Well, the fully automatic one, you just have to pull on the trigger one time. One pull, you just one input, right? So the fact that this was used in a rampage killing at long range from Mandalay Bay aimed at a huge, huge gathering of people where he hit and killed 58 people. It was horrendous. We still don't know the details of that, though, do we? All we know is we got rid of the bump stocks. That's all we know, right? Now, where the problem comes is this. Um, so ATF had referred to this as the same thing as a flashlight from its inception to Mandalay Bay. Initially, they had said it was not it was not legal, but then it, it you know it's proven to be legal. We had two companies that came out and made them. We had hundreds of thousands of people that bought them. And then after Mandalay Bay, they made a rule that said these are not legal anymore. Your property that you owned either had to be surrendered or destroyed. Two companies went out of business. Now with the with the whole thing with the uh, the nature of a trigger. Triggers that are fully automatic have something called an automatic sear built into them to where when you pull it, it you know, it just re is, it's recycling each time while you keep the trigger down. As long as you keep the trigger down. Then it stops as soon as you let it go. Semi-automatic, it just, it, you pull it, it releases one time, pop, and goes back into the reset. This did not change the nature of these triggers, which that's actually where the fully automatic thing comes in. Um. Neil Gorsuch noted that through many administrations, they did they the government took the position that these were not machine guns. And that's what they're saying now. These two pieces of plastic, one that slides in, one is they're connected and one is sliding inside of the other to create that momentum, that inertia on recoil. And uh, that's, you know, if it's sitting there by itself and it doesn't have a barrel, it doesn't have a way to feed, it doesn't have a way to trigger, and it doesn't have a way to eject brass, that's not even a gun. It's just two pieces of plastic that you attach to a gun. And now they've made the, uh, you know, they, they've made this, this ruling that it's a machine gun. So one of, the, one of the things they said was, well, we put it in the uh, Federal Register for people to, uh, to comment on. And Kavanaugh got out there and said, yeah, that happens with me all the time. I'm sitting there at the fire having a sherry at the end of the day, reading the Federal Register to see what's new. 
So, I mean, um, I, I saw this, and the idea that we've got certain justices, I, I think, and I know this is a absolutely a pipe dream of me to think this, but I think if we have a Supreme Court justice on there that has no idea what they're talking about, they should be forced to recuse themselves from commenting on it. They can vote on it, but they don't need to comment on it. And I know we're dealing with a bunch of egos on here. I, I get it. I get it. But um, the thing is, if they don't know what they're talking about, what are they doing judging it? What are they doing making a determination as to whether this is the gun or it's not a gun? This is the ATF changing the rules. They've tried that. They've tried this with uh, the pistol brace thing, which they've been shut down on that one. As soon as that happened, I went out and got me a, a pistol braced gun, which will be traveling with me this weekend. But I, I just I just found that fascinating that they would look at this and say it's a machine gun that fires 800 rounds per second. Most of the guns that do that, they're mounted on aircraft and they're like Gatling guns and they're spinning at a very high rate of fire. I mean, they're sp they have to be spun by a machine because a human can't do it. You know, we we could go look at the Gal gun, the Gal Gatling gun on the front of the A10. That that would be that that one fires about that fires hundreds of rounds per second, but not for very long. <laughs> I think they take off with a 4,400 round load, and uh, if they you know hold that that means there's they've got seven bursts in the gun before they have to go and reload. So anyway. Anyway, I just found that fascinating. When we get back, right now in Dearborn, Michigan, the which is Dearbornistan now, uh, they are influencing American foreign policy because Joe Biden is losing the the Islamic support that he enjoyed so much. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. All right, that one I like. That's a keeper. Thumping. I like thumping. The carpro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Always looking for the perfect bump. Always trying to get the blood flowing. We've already had the primaries in Michigan where, once again, uh, Nikki, Haley, Nikki Haley lost, and that's beside the point. She was going to lose anyway. But looking at the Democratic Party uh, primary, there you have the White House National Security Advisor, John Kirby, bragging that the Biden administration was changing the Israel-Gaza war policy to reflect the concerns of the pro-Hamas activists in Michigan. He said that the White House is willing to adjust how they were approaching the conflict and the way we're talking about the conflict to reflect the concerns of Dearborn. I'm going to tell you this. It's a damn good thing I'm not in charge of anything right now because Dearborn would be hitting me up and I'd be looking going, listen, you know what? That's Israel. Do you, you, you understand I'm the president of the United States, not of Israel? You get that, right? I know that you want me to pressure these people to do something, but you know what? We should have told Hamas, and we need to do this every all the time. We could, we you know acronym FAFO that kind of thing, or you know you don't want none, don't start none, something like that. 
But no, that's not what they did. That's not what they did. Can you imagine the president sending some high-ranking White House Yahoo to Borough Park in Brooklyn to hear out the perspective of the, of the Putin boosters regarding the Ukraine war, then adjusting the American policy to embrace the outlook so that the optics are happier for these people in Brooklyn. You'd have to stretch the imagination to its limits to picture the Russian immigrants defending terror groups. But <sighs> Now, Biden won Michigan with 80% of the primary vote. More than 100,000 Democrats voted uncommitted <laughs> to protest his allegedly pro-genocide position. Now, once again, this is where we get out there. Somebody on the somebody you see that on the uh, in the chat right uh, on the stream there, uh, Maestro. Look, somebody somebody doesn't like the the stream. Somebody put up a mad smoldering emoji. Well, wait till you hear this one. Um, if this were a pro genocide campaign being done by Israel, Israel would roll in and kill everybody there. So steal the, steal the vernacular all you like. It, it doesn't change the facts. And if, if, if Biden is out there dispatching senior aides to Dearborn to bend the knee to pro-Palestinian leaders like Osama Sibilani, who not only contends the United States is bought by the Zionist lobby, but that Hamas is not a terrorist organization, um, I guess we're just going to disagree on that one. Sablani made his Hamas remarks to demonstrators during the Ford Performing Arts Center in Dearborn on October 10th, 2023, before Israel launched its offensive. The jihadi kidnappers of Gaza not, have not only rejected a slew of ceasefires, including one yesterday, but they have attacked, raped, disfigured, and kidnapped civilians during a ceasefire on October the 7th. Ceasefire is a euphemism for where we... We're reconstituting, we're refitting, we're resetting, and we're waiting, and then we're going to do it again. Or you can just call it saving Hamas. Now, it's inevitable that someone's going to say that this is Islamophobic. Because, you know, and this is the thing. Islam is not a religion. It's a culture. We're not talking about the Baptists or the Pentecostals here. This is Islam is a culture. It's a mindset. It's not what happens at church. What about Imram Salha, who only months before the October 7th attack had his flock giving amens as he prayed that Allah would eradicate, eradicate from existence the sick, disgusting Zionist regime? Or the uh, pro-Hamas and Hezbollah marchers decked out in Kefias chanting Intifada and from the river to the sea and calling America a terrorist state. Are any of the Dearborn civic leaders upset about that particular line? What about Ahmad Musa Jibril, perhaps the most influential English-speaking jihadi sheikh? And he preaches that mothers in America and the West should nurse their infants with the love of jihad, ambition to become a mujahid and a martyr. And on the day that hundreds of women and children were massacred and raped and kidnapped, including American citizens, Jabril wrote that hearts haven't been overjoyed like this in so long. 
So don't come to me and act like this is just a bunch of people out here. They have a different sort of choir with a different sort of songs and they dress differently. And they're just really like us. They're just, these guys are just like, you know, the Presbyterians. Please save it. I get it. I understand it. When I, when I was, uh, when, my last duty station at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, was 311th Military Intelligence. And our people there, the translators we had there, were Arabic. And these were the guys that we were looking at. So we know full, I, I know full well what these guys are, what they're about, and what, the, what their goals are. And, you know, Biden, when, when he heard all of this stuff coming out of this, Biden didn't react by condemning anything anti-Semitic or anti-American or pro-terrorist. But he, he, he got out there and called out the anti-Arab hate. Now, don't get me wrong. I have no, I, I don't have any, I have no fight with anybody that is Arab. Okay? None whatsoever. Not just because they're Arab. I don't have any fight with anybody that is Islamic or Muslim, not just because they're Islamic or Muslim. It's only when their culture, which is incompatible with my culture, and I live in my country. I live in the country I was born in. I live in the country I defended. So only in my country, you know, when they come to my country, what they want to do is incompatible with the life that I know. And that's a problem. Biden funds Iran. Uh, most of the aid and pro-Israeli mechanisms of the U.S. government are embedded in a policy that Biden has merely adopted. So there's a lot of them out there that love, you know, Iran and, you know, State Department creatures. They love White House staffers. Israel is a, they, they look at Israel as a nefarious colonial power. But if you look at where the uh, Americans come down, not the, not, not, not the colleges, and not the uh, not the politicians. America, sixty-seven percent support Israel, and that same number, sixty-seven percent, they only back a ceasefire after Hamas has been removed, and all the hostages have have been freed. So why is one town in Michigan so important to Biden? Well, it's because he's a man without any principles. He has surrounded himself with Obama or officials who are enamored of Iran. And he can afford to ignore the concerns of American Jews who care about this issue because it won't matter enough in states like New York, California, and Florida. So look at there. Look at there, people of Jewish descent that are American, that are just pro-liberty. Guess what? You're being ignored. You're being taken advantage of. You're just tokens. What else? What other group of people has the Demo have the Democrats done that to? Oh yeah, Black America. See, when you become less important to the Democrats, you become expendable. And see the difference between, say, me, who you know I'm America first. Uh, anybody that's in America that's American, you're on my side. I don't care what you look like. I don't care, male, female, black, white, plaid. I don't care. All right, so we've got this bill that is passed out of the House, this omnibus spending bill, and there's a there's a chance that this bill might be illegal. Yeah, that when we get back, this is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D.
I didn't see this at first, but this this is interesting. The carpro.com talk line, 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. You know, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, they tried to impeach him. They tried to destroy him. And the reason they were going to do that, well, is because Ken is pretty effective. And he's so effective that he may have just undone the entire Consolidated Appropriations Act, Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023, passed in 2022 under Nancy Pelosi, which set us on the path of spending $1.7 trillion. When, When Merrick Garland tried to force Texas to abide by the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, which was included in the spending bill, Paxton argued that Texas was not bound by it because the House violated the Constitution when it purported to pass the spending bill. Purported when they claimed. And a federal federal court just agreed with this. And um, I don't know where we go from here, but this is going to be interesting. Now, according to Article 1, Section 5 of the Constitution, each branch of Congress needs a quorum, defined as a majority of each, to do business. When the House was still under Pelosi's speakership in 2022, they voted on the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023, which put 12 annual appropriation bills in a single $1.7 trillion mega omnibus bill. Fewer than half of the House's members were physically present to vote. And of those who were absent, many voted or opted to vote by proxy. But, (laughs) according to a district court in the Northern District of Texas, the constitutionally mandated quorum cannot be reached through proxies. Instead, they got to be there. They got to physically be there, actually be present to cast a vote on a bill, especially a tax bill. And the court articulates both the problem and the principle in the introductory paragraph on the, of the 120-page opinion. And I'm not going to read it because it's long, but, uh, you know, it basically states this is put in place to keep a minority of members from voting and passing something without that quorum. Now, They also note this one thing. Despite the Constitution's text and centuries of consistent practice, the House in 2020 created a rule that permitted non-present members to be included in the quorum count and by vote by proxy, which they refer to as a novel rule. So then they used it for the 2023 Consolidated Appropriations Act. Now, Where they're running into the issue here is the court is interpreting and enforcing the Constitution. Rather than second-guessing a vote count, the court disagrees. The court concludes that by including members who are indisputably absent in the quorum count, the act at passed in violation of the Constitution's quorum clause. Now, technically, this was, this was raised solely as a defense to Garland's insistence did Texas abide by the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act? And they noted that Texas did not challenge the entire spending bill. And while it's all well and good for the court to insist that their jurisdiction is limited to the single issue, it just held that the House violated the Constitution 
to be pretending to have a quorum in conduct or to conduct an official action when it didn't. Oh, my goodness. So no matter how you slice it, this means the House's conduct is void. It went through the motions of passing the bill, but they didn't really pass the bill. And if the House didn't really pass the bill, there is no bill. And uh, given that all spending bills originate in the House, you could say the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023 does not officially exist, and everything done under color of that alleged act is illegal. Now, that money's already been spent. (laughs) Uh, And I'm not sure where this is going to go. I, I, I would imagine that the current house will do some sort of fancy retroactive footwork. But uh, I'd like to know why the 117th United States Congress committed a fraud. Well, $1.7 trillion fraud. Uh, and every Congress person, critter, malfeasant, who participated in this from Nancy Pelosi on down. Well, you know, we talk about this all the time, and it's almost getting rhetorical the way we do it, but here's a clear case of them violating their oaths. This is not up for interpretation, I'm sorry. You violated the quorum part of it. And uh, so, hey, none should be allowed to walk this back by going, whatever, it's done, the egg scrambled, politics is a dirty business, bloody, 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 bloody. That's what they do. Something really bad happened here. We deserve payback on this one. We deserve the payback. We do, we do. I know that some of you are worried about, and I know that some Democrats are pining for, a presidential candidacy of Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama. But I'm going to tell you why that's just a pipe dream when we get back. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Very simple uh, metrics here to consider. Carpro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. One thing you can count on is that if Joe Biden can fog up a mirror, he's going to be the nominee. And it won't be Newsom, and it won't be Michelle Obama. And it doesn't matter about how much he's declining or forgetting or mumbling or stumbling. He's going to be the nominee. And if it isn't going to be him, then Vice President Kamala Harris awaits on deck, bat in hand. The problem with Newsom and Obama is they would have to push Harris aside. And for her part, she recently said that I am ready to serve. There's no question about that. And this doesn't sound like somebody who's going to walk a plank, now does it? She ran for the job in 2020. She probably took this, being the vice president, 
took that because she fully expected the baton to be passed to her as, as they run the, uh, the run the run the nation into the ground relay. And she has a couple of, uh, she has a couple of, uh, things to, uh, you know, that would be comparable, say, to Nikki Haley. With her name on the ballot, she has never lost an election, winning her races for San Francisco District Attorney, California Attorney General, U.S. Senate, and Vice President. She does not believe that she's disqualified for anything. She does not consider herself having failed to determine the root cause of the three-year massive influx of illegal immigration when everybody except for the hosts on MSNBC. We all know it's because of Biden's policy. Now, in her identity party, she checks two boxes as a female who identifies as black. Blacks are the most loyal part of the Democratic base, and black women more loyal than the men. Of course, she isn't. That's the fun part. Uh, she isn't. In a September 2320 uh, article about the CBS News YouGov poll, CBS News wrote, Black Democrats are the most enthusiastic about Harris today as they were three years ago. I don't believe that for a second. I don't. I don't believe that for a second. Now, after the Nevada caucuses, which Senator Bernie Sanders won, he became the party's front runner. And the Democrats began to panic. Because here they thought they had the unelectable, self-described Democrat socialist who just had won how do you look at somebody that wins a electoral race by votes and say he's unelectable? How do you do that? But they did it. So enter South Carolina Representative Jim Clyburn, and uh, he endorsed Biden and salvaged the meandering campaign. And Biden agreed, if elected, to make his first Supreme Court nominee a black female. That's how we got Katanji Brown-Jackson. Then... When it seemed likely that then-Senator Dianne Feinstein would not complete her term, Newsom announced her replacement would be a black female. When Feinstein died, he delivered. So then the Democrats, as a reward for this, they agreed to move the first 2024 primary to South Carolina, where nearly 30% of the voters are black, getting this voting block a greater say in the nomination process. Well, it does for one state, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, Newsom has another problem, though. He, most Americans believe the country's on the wrong track, and they look at Newsom, they look at his state to find out what he's done or better in his state that would make the nation better. And, uh, he, you know, nothing. He supports cashless bail. He endorsed Proposition 47. That's where, you know, you can steal $949.99 worth of stuff and it's only a misdemeanor, and among other things. And then all of this in, inflation-inducing spending, Newsom wants to spend more than that. So um, Biden, with his war on oil and gas, Newsom is a more ferocious climate change warrior. And it's not going to be, according to him, there's not going to be any new gas-powered vehicles in California by 2035. California will be the first state in the contiguous 48 states to become like Cuba. Even Biden hasn't gone that far. Newsom expanded the number of illegal aliens in California. You know, 
He's done a lot of stuff. Then this brings us to Michelle Obama. They would resent a ploy to cast Harris aside, but there is one caveat. The substitute would have to be another black popular female, I guess. And that leaves Oprah Winfrey and Michelle Obama, both of which are not qualified to do the, do the gig. Oprah, Oprah doesn't want the gig, and despite the hopeful speculation, neither does Obama because she hates politics. So it's either going to be Biden or Harris. You can continue to speculate if you like. I understand. But we actually have bigger fish to fry than some of this stuff. We've got a, we got a big issue here in this, in this state where our Republicans, the ones that run the state for us on our behest, they, uh, they're not doing a very good job. We have, to we have to address that here. We have to address that here. Uh, on the federal level, I don't know what we can address, to be quite honest with you, because I think it is just that irredeemable. Now, just as an illustration, you know, just like it, you know, when George Floyd, when the George Floyd thing happened, all kinds of things happened all across the country. Now we're starting to see it with Cop City. And I'm beginning to think to myself, I think these guys are just looking for a reason to destroy stuff. That when we get back, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.